to sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affect all of us in and out of the ACB community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and I've got a pretty exciting show today. Later on in our second hour, we'll be talking with Peter Olchel about his new book, Friends in Art, the Employment Committee, and various other things. But uh, I am really excited to merge two of my worlds today. I have invited my co-hosts from a show that I absolutely love and adore doing. Um, I've been doing it for quite a long time now. Um, and as some of you already know about it, Teach Your Radio Soaps. You can find it on Blogspot Radio every uh, every first and third Thursday. I'm sorry, every second and third Thursday of the month. So I have asked my friends, Pam, David, Candice, Willie, and maybe Carolyn will join us. I am not sure. But I asked them to join me today to uh, talk a little bit about Teach Your Radio. So I'm going to start by uh, saying hello to Pam first, because this is Pam's baby. Pam, welcome to take two, uh, welcome to <laughs> Sunday Intention. <laughs> Isn't that my opening? Welcome. To- <laughs> <laughs> that was good. And it's the second and fourth. I know. I am having brain freeze this morning. The second and fourth. Okay, second and fourth Thursday of the month at seven p.m. Eastern. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how Teach Your Radio started because it it was going a good four and a half five years before I got involved. Tell us, tell us about Teach Your Radio. And well, I started out as a listener to various other podcasts. Um, that had to do with the soaps. And when they would have a guest, you know, one of the actors from the soaps, um, I would call in to try to get a chance to talk. And that was always fun, you know, because you you never think that you're going to ever meet them in person. So getting to talk to them on the phone is the next best thing. And then... um, um, there was a person that was doing a podcast that I became a co-host of, and I did that for, I think, a little less than a year, and then after that, um, because he shut down, um, people were telling me to start my own podcast, which I found very intimidating. Uh, I really honestly didn't think I could do it alone. So a good friend of mine, Don, uh, joined me and we started 
guests from there, and it'll be nine years this November. Nice. Who was the very first interview that you had for Take Two Radio? Oh my gosh. Uh, Robin, um, why am I drawing a blank on her last name? Robin, Robin to live. Robin Christopher? No, Dorian. No. Oh, Robin Strasser. Robin nice. Strasser. Yes, she was the very first one. And that was like a last minute thing, shocker. And I just couldn't even believe it because, I mean, who doesn't love Robin? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And there have been many, many. We'll talk about some of the other interviews in a little while. Along the way, David came along. David is the first of, of the co-hosts that we now currently have. David, tell me about your introduction to Take Two Radio. Well, I came across Take Two Radio um, through Pam when she was on her other show. And um, I was one of her backers to get this one moving. Um, um, and she will attest that I was one of the ones constantly on her backside getting her to do this. Yeah. So I, I wanted to jump up and help her out any way I could. And I didn't start in I didn't start with it until February of 13. That's when I started in hosting. What's the first interview you participated in? It was with Jordi Villasuso and he had Two, um, one producer, one director with him because he was doing, what was that called? Uh, from Indiegogo, he had a project going on for soaps. And I was more or less, you know, uh, the host in, in the uh, shadows because I was just listening in and trying to learn how to put myself forward into this. And they're all... They were teasing me and saying, are you learning a lot? Are you learning a lot? And I said, yeah, I'm learning pretty much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Carolyn, did you join us? And all right. So then around the same time, Candace and I came to the show. Candace, yes. welcome to Sunday edition. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for having us. <laughs> had you listened to Take Two Radio Soaps before, before you joined? How long oh. had you been involved? Uh, let's see. Yes. I always listen to, you know what? I'm a huge fan of soaps. So I love talking about soaps and finding people who talk about soaps. So I found take two radio. Um, I found it on my own and I listened to a few episodes and then a former co-host had told me to, you know, get back into listening. And then I started winning prizes. Uh, <laughs> I started winning stuff and I was like, yay, yay. So, of course, I listened, you know, to hear everybody's opinions about the shows. And then I became a host. <laughs> my, my story is somewhat similar. I had been listening on and off to CQ Radio for a little while. And Pam, yeah, I don't know if you remember, but you had actually put out a, um, a posting to soap opera listeners fans who might be interested and uh mm -hmm. we kind of connected and next thing i know i was on air with you guys and uh <laughs> wow what a what a, a good yeah, out a help wanted <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Anthony. Like, and like, then, 
And then came Willie. Willie is our newest addition. Um, he's been around for about six months or so. Willie, what was it like joining uh, CHQ Radio with with the, with us being so well entrenched and knowing each other so well? And 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 we finished each other's sentences at this point. <laughs> so, what was it like coming into our group? I like it. It's kind of like a an updated soap version of the talk and the view mixed together, and I love that. Because we can talk about different topics and I'm coming off of my own podcast. So I like that because it gave me that little training I needed to jump right into the water and get right in there with everybody. So thank you so much, Pam, for recruiting me into your family. You're welcome. We're happy to have you. One of the things that we that we strive is is positivity surrounding the shows. Um you know, we sometimes even joke that we're doing PSAs. Candace, why don't you um, why don't you tell me a little bit about you know what we strive to to bring to the fans and what we ask back from the fans? <laughs> um, pretty much respect is the big thing. Is that we respect the hardworking people behind and in front of these four soaps. I mean, who would ever thought that a genre that has spanned over ninety years? would give us so much entertainment and so much memories and, and friendship. And in return, we ask the fans for respect. <laughs> you know, you respect, everybody needs to respect the genre, respect everybody's opinions. And on the show, we give our opinions, some good, some bad, some, woo. <laughs> but in ret- I mean, in return, all we ask is for respect, kindness, um, which I know that's a word that is really making a comeback. It's, it's slowly making a comeback in the soap world. Um, and just having fun. Posit- like you said, positivity. You know, um, instead of all this negativity and in and, and the soap world, there's, especially recently with uh, the news surrounding One Soap um, about the future of their show, there's so much negativity. And we don't we do not do that. We, we, we strive to bring the positivity f- uh, front and have fun and enjoy each other and vice versa. Pam, you know, over the, over the last nine years, you know, there've been tons of you know, actor actresses behind the scenes, people, people hawking their outside soul projects. What's been, what's been the most memorable thing for you over these last nine years? Oh, that's, that's not an easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just that, you know, I have such a great, great group of co-hosts and I couldn't ask for more. And and without you guys, the show wouldn't exist. And yes, it's great speaking with, you know, some of the stars of the soap operas and various other um, projects that they've done. But you guys make it happen. And I am forever grateful. So, David. You know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, you can you can drop in and out. You don't have to watch. You can watch once a month and still figure out what's going on. What brings you, you know, what keeps you watching day in and day out? Because um, I, I have to watch um, day in and day out because I can't follow the story unless I have every, if I watch every day, I can't keep up unless I can't, like, watch an episode and then skip four days and go on i have to i have to be there and watch in person each episode so i can fully understand what's going on and i can 
convey my message to the fans. And without aging you too much, how long have you actually been watching soaps? Um, let me see. 1978. Wow. Okay. I think we're, we're pretty much on the same page. I started watching when I was three years old. So we, we've got just about the same amount of time under our belt. Um, how about you, Willie? Um, the same question. You know, what, what keeps you coming to the soaps and, and how long have you been watching soaps? Um, I've been watching soaps. So I'm 46 right now, uh, for 46, 47 in January. But, um, I've been watching since I was like at 10 years old. I was, I watched it because my aunt was, um, she liked to watch all my children and she tricked me cause I wanted to watch uh love boat. And she's like, okay, we'll watch the boat after this. Well, what happened was we saw Erica Kane on all my children and that got me hooked as a kid. And from there, it just soap admiration. I just love the soaps. And then when I got older, I got to watch it in college. And so to answer your question, I love that you get to catch the soaps. Even if you don't get to watch it every day, at least it's there and you can catch up with it and still feel part of the story. So I love that. And um, I, I don't get to watch it as much. I used to have it when I was when I had cable, but because I have Hulu, I watch it the next day. So for me, I have to wait till like almost six o'clock just for general hospital start or days. And it, it'll sometimes keep me behind, but overall I catch up. So I like the stories and the characters and the cast. It keeps me um, motivated and excited to watch more. Well, the baby of our group, Miss Candace, I'll throw the same thing out to you. <laughs> I've been watching soap since I came out of my mama's womb. There you go. <laughs> and that was, that was 82. So, um, you know, I, it makes me come back. And, you know, there's been some soaps that I really did take a break from. I, I did. Um, what keeps me coming back is the continuing storylines, um, the romances, um, the characters. I mean, we've on these soaps, we've had characters who've been there, some from the start of the show or they've been around for like 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 years. Name another genre that does that. One. Two, it's just this it's familiar. Like as soon as you see such and such and such and such, you're like, oh. So they're still at it again after all these years. Oh, I didn't miss much. But it's so quick, you know, to just jump back in and not get like confused. And I mean, sometimes you do get confused when you see new characters, but as long as they have that familiar pattern, those fame, the familiar faces, that familiar vibe, the music, we're good. That's what makes me come back. And, and stay tuned. Tune into the show. And our show runner and creator, Pam, I'll throw the same question out to you. Well, I've been watching since on and off since grade school. Um, you know, somewhat with my mom, my grandma, my aunt. Um, my mom and my grandma used to watch ABC soaps and my aunt used to watch uh, Days of Our Lives. And I kind of watch, you know, when I was home with them. But once my best friend in grade school started watching ABC soaps, um, you know, I got into it a lot more at that time. So and I'm not going to say how many years that is, because then you'll <laughs> think you'll kind of get the impact of how old I am. 
<laughs> so let's just say many, many years. <laughs> and to lose, you know, uh, to lose all my children in one life to live is still devastating to this day. And I know you all understand that, not just from the ABC soaps, but from, you know, CBS and NBC. So um, I'm very grateful that we still have the four soaps to watch. And we need to keep watching them, whether we like the storyline or not, or a character or not. I've always said that you should love the genre and not just a particular storyline that you want to see 24-7. Because what good is that going to be? I mean, you're going to be, it'll be boring, you know? Absolutely. And And that's everybody. So you have to, you know, you have to watch it and take the good with the bad. And that's kind of, you know, how one of the things about like super couples and things like that, you know, it's great to, it's great to feel and fall in love with them. It's great to, you know, to take the ride, but at some point something has to happen. It's, it's five days a week, you you know, 52 weeks a year of, of new content, you know, except when we have really bad political stuff going on or a hurricane or something like that. But for the most part, you know, at some point there's got to be drama. There's got to be, you know, a third person who comes in or a memory loss or, you know, somebody, a a dead wife back from the dead. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we all hate to see our favorite couples break up and that, but that's what makes it a soap opera, you know, and eventually they end up back together and sometimes they don't, they move on to somebody else and you either like them or you don't, but there's always <laughs> something to enjoy. So you mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, which I, it cut me to the bone and I cannot believe that it's been 10 years, uh, but uh, all my children and one life to live uh, were, were canceled off of ABC. Of course, before that, we had had uh, Loving in the City and Ryan's Hope. Yeah. And some people remember Edge of Night. And little by little, it seems like the genre has dwindled away for CBS, CBS you know, shows like Guiding Light and As the World Turns, who had been on for almost 50 years. You know, yeah. um, NBC has had its hits and misses. Uh, you know, Another World being a hit, uh, Passions being a hit, but canceled way before its time. Um, Sunset Peach, maybe not considered a hit, but one that I definitely thought was uh, sudsy and drama-filled and a whole lot of fun. What, um, what, what's one that has gone that you, that, you know, that you still miss, that you still kind of grieve over? Well, All My Children and One Life to Live, definitely, but I would have to say my top is One Life to Live. And they were canceled at the top of their game, their highest ratings. Ever, yeah, it just blew me away. It just mm-hmm. blew me away. I mean, I just could not yep. even begin to believe yeah. that they did that. It was one thing mm-hmm. to cancel all my children, but to cancel one life to live, I, I, oh my gosh, I'm still not over it. And I'm going to tell you what, you know, that's when I joined all these Facebook groups, and you know, we did the the picketing and yeah. the you know signing things and all these other things, and then it threw me onto Twitter because that's where a lot of it was going. And that's how I got onto Twitter. Um, I just, I just can't, I mean, I just can't get over that. I, I, they don't care about the powers to be, don't care about anything but money. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. And yeah. that was, that what happened. It didn't make no sense for them to cancel when they did because 
Like they were, like you said, they were at the top of their game. So really, why did they cancel it? Because to, to me, the back of my mind is that's BS. I don't believe you. Yeah, they, you know, they obviously mm-hmm. followed up with a couple of shows that, uh, you know, have not done quite as well. <laughs> you know, even even putting, um, you know, an extension of Good Morning America, they still don't hit the ratings. Don't, that, don't, uh, don't forget that the lovely reunions that they had on these shows too. the All My Children on Kiki, Michael and Sarah. You know, yes. you know, they're trying to like, OK, maybe yeah. if we have the old shows that was on during this time slide in the same studio, maybe that'll work. But it, I, 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 woo, I have so much to say about those cancellations. Oh. Well, let, me, let me just add to that real quick. I have not watched daytime on ABC since they canceled those two shows. You mean you mean uh, excluding General Hospital, of course. Right. Right, right, exactly. But any other show on ABC Daytime, I do not watch. I, you know, I like to be able to say the same thing, but I have tuned in periodically. I, you know, I actually did enjoy uh, Michael, Sarah, and then they added uh, Kiki, and I enjoyed that um, periodically when I tuned in. I did not like the Chew at all. Oh, <laughs> God, I was so glad they canceled the chew. I was oh, one of the did. first people that signed that petition to cancel the chew. I mean, the only, they had, oh, go ahead. I was going to say the only time I turned tuned into the chew is when they tried the exact same thing and there was the crossover with, oh, with uh, General Hospital. General Hospital. Yes. Oh my gosh! And Lila's pickles and all. <laughs> nah, nah, that was ooh, that was ooh, that was so wrong on so many levels. But I remember like all of the shows that have come on after All My Children, One Life to Live, and the sad thing is, is that you know, yes. Here's the thing. Soaps do cost money. <laughs> what doesn't cost money? That's my question. Yeah. Right. But when you cancel an institution. Yeah. When you cancel an institution that's been around and, you know, people think of it as TV shows. You have to think that these shows have been a part of American history. You, you think about like the Vietnam War or JFK assassination or, you know, uh, 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 in the 80s, you know, there was the space shuttle, there was wars, there was princesses getting, you know, married and all this. Soaps have been at the forefront of some of these events. So to me, it was like when ABC canceled, and I remember exactly where it was at, just like with CBS, I remember exactly when they announced, you know, Gone Light and As Well Turns being canceled. It, it felt like somebody literally ripped your heart out and stomped on it because you have oh, yeah. all of this time. Yeah. And, you know, for some of us, you know, as you, as you've already heard, some of us was born into watching these shows. Some of our, you know, our great grandmothers, you know, put it on as our aunts, our uncles, you know, and for, for them to have done that. And what makes it even worse was not only did ABC do the fans dirty um, and, you know, but to me, also, you did the creator who saved your network right. with Agnes Nixon. And that was the day I, I even remember saying this on Facebook. I said, I just want to give Agnes Nixon who created One Life and All My Children. I wanted to give her a hug. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give her a hug because I thought ABC did her dirty. Yeah. And still to this day, I still think that. David, what show, you know, that is no longer with us really stung for you? Um, well, the first one that went off on CBS was Search for Tomorrow. And um, 
And then it sort of found a time slot on NBC, but it didn't last too long. So I guess Search for Tomorrow was the first cancellation altogether. And then um, Candace, I'm with you. It was Guiding Light for me. Um, that yeah. was, yeah, those were the first two. Yeah, I wasn't a huge Guiding Light fan, but, you know, I mean, it started on radio, it had been around, and, you know, I I was always the one that, during the commercials, I would flip to the other channels to see what the other shows were doing. (laughs) I I used to do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Because Guiding Light light and and, um, GH were on at the same time sometimes, and you have to decide which one you're going to watch. So I would do the, I would do what you do. The commercial would be on, and I quick yep. switch. So just so I could watch the other one, and it was like, oh my gosh! See, I didn't have that problem. I didn't have. I didn't. I, luckily for me, I did not have that problem because growing up in my in my house, my great grandma was CBS strict. My mom, she was always like doing two, like one CBS show, one ABC show, and two NBC shows. My great uncle, he was like NBC and ABC. So I would be hearing about what was going on. Like if Gone Light was on, which was, I was, yeah, I would hear about what's going on. Like, okay, Bobby and Carly today. And I'm like, who Bobby and Carly? Like, wait, Bobby and Carly? Carly's <laughs> yeah. turns. Like, who's Bobby? Yeah. Like, Bobby from Dallas is on. Like, what's, what's, what's going on? So I, that's how, so yeah, that's why I'm all, so yeah, that's why I'm always like this. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah for me my my foray you know into another soap off off of the abc lineup um started with days of our lives actually and mm-hmm. um i you know I, I had been flipping around the dial for for a while at that point and um then they took a they took a storyline that i think is the only time it's been done on soaps but uh they made one of the stars of the show possessed by the devil Oh my god, I remember that. Everybody on news that didn't even watch soaps were talking about it. it Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you know, I had been I had been flipping and I'm like, wait, you know, I didn't realize the first couple of a couple of times that I had flipped to it during that storyline, what exactly was going on. And then I was like, no, no, no. No, they are not. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so then I began taping because it, in New York, Days yeah. of Our Lives and one my, uh, and um, all my children yep, were against each other. Mm-hmm. So I would tape one and, and I found myself actually taping all my children more often because I was so drawn into that storyline, you know, and the subsequent storylines that came after it. And from then on, you know, I was then a two a two show a two channel soap opera watcher. And, you know, I would periodically flip to the CBS shows too. And, and, you know, you'd see, I remember, um, you know, popping to channel two and a huge, huge icon from, uh, you know, general hospital was then on bold and the beautiful. And it was like, wow, you know, the character was so different from what I was used to seeing. And that sucked me into that show. And before I knew it, you know, I was popping all over the place and taping three or four shows a day and mm-hmm. trying to catch out. Oh my God, I was confused. Oh I was confused when I saw Stefano from Days on Board in the Beautiful. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> yes. Was, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch Board in the Beautiful yeah. this time because he's on this show and how can he be on two shows? And I'm like, oh my God, this just was hilarious. 
But yeah, I, I like that actor that played um, Stefano. He's so wicked and evil, but he reminded me so much of like J.R. Ewing from Dallas. So I like that. Uh, David, yeah. what's, what's one of the first storylines that sucked you in? What's something that you remember to this day being like on the edge of your seat from your early days watching soaps? Lucas and Sammy are talking to me. Oh, man. (laughs) They were my favorite to watch because they were the wicked ones that like they were troublemakers, but yet they had such chemistry. So I'm always going to be a Lumi, a Lumi fan, like for like forever. I love them together. They just they bring out the uh, chemistry, the sparks and the humor. Even now they're older and I can still remember them being younger when they're like, yeah, I remember when Lucas and Sammy used to do their tricks and all this stuff. And poor Marlene. Gonna break up Austin yeah, and Carrie. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And full and circle. They're both back. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love. So uh, I heard Carolyn, um, our last co host, joined us. Carolyn, hello. Carolyn? All right. Well, then. I'm going to throw out the same question to David. David, what was um, what was one of the first storylines that really sucked you in? Oh my God, it was on Young and the Restless, and um, it was uh, Jeannie Cooper and Catherine. She was attending her own funeral, Uh, and she had supposedly died in a sanitarium fire, and everyone thought that she had died. So they had this funeral for her, and there she is in this black gown. And she's watching everyone mourn for her. And that's what drew me in. How about you, That is the first story that drew me into soaps. Cool. Is Carolyn back with us? All right. In the meantime, Pam, what what was one of the first storylines that really drew you in? You know, honestly, I can't remember. You know, I have problems with my memory. Um, It just... I, I don't know, just all the action, I think, that was going on, of course, with uh, with uh, Erica Kane in every oh, yeah. <laughs> everything that she did on the soaps. Uh, you just you just can't not watch what she's up to, whether it was good or bad. And most of the time it was bad. <laughs> she was all a right. good bad guy. Did you ever get to see her on Dallas? She was amazing on Dallas. I love her. I love uh, Susan Lucci. She's, she is amazing. She's an amazing actress. Absolutely. And she paved the way for soap opera stars who, you know, took on, they used to have the movie of the week on Sunday nights oh, on yeah. ABC. Yeah. And yeah, Susan Lucci did a bunch of memorable turns, which, you know, over the years, now we have Hallmark and Lifetime, and you can't turn on one of those channels without seeing one of our beloved soap stars in something. And Kim Zimmer. Kim Zimmer did the one for um, the, the actress that played um, on Three's Company. Uh, Suzanne Summers. Yes, that's she right. The, yeah, I remember that one because when that hit, it was like, wow, it was quiet in my house. But I remember that one because Kim Zimmer played such a pivotal role in that movie. So, yeah, I remember that. How about you, Candace? What's the first storyline you remember really hooking and grabbing you? Um, the first storyline, um, I mean, I have two, actually. The first one was the clone storyline on Guy Light with Reva. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The Kim Zimmer that, that we just one. mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's, that was like, that was, again, when I say about souls being on the front, for, that was around the time they were starting to talk about cloning sheep. 
Mm-hmm. And th- the next thing people was talking about is like, what if they clone a human? And that storyline gained so much attention that I was just like, I was watching, of course I was watching Gone Light anyway, but that was a big storyline. Actually, I got three. Um, Marine's death. Yeah, that was that that affected me. I would I I didn't know that was gonna affect me personally oh, months months later. Yes. And then the the big one, I'd say this all the time, was the loving murders. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. That was. I'm. I mean, growing up, my great grandma watched. You know, Murder She Wrote, and you know, Columbo, and all this stuff. And I know there's always been a who who done it storyline on soaps. You know, and it's always the ex husband or the or the spouse or a cheating. You know, or a kid. But the way the creativity of the murders. They weren't your normal gunshot or, you know, stabbed. I mean, they were just like poisoning the alcohol or, um, you know, uh, 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 what was, oh, oh, uh, the clay, dry clay, the cement, which still yes. scares me. The plaster, anytime I'm near yes. plaster, <laughs> I'll tell you, wait a minute, anytime I'm near plaster, I kid you not, I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to back away, like look around because I don't want a bucket to get me. I mean, but it was just so creative and it sucked me in because I was like, Oh, okay. So they can do this kind of stuff, just like you said about days in the possession and yeah. stuff. Also, also, oh, the buried alive storyline that also sucked me in too, because I was like, wait, they they can do this kind of stuff. Like, wait, <laughs> oh like, yeah, like, which which buried, buried alive? Carly, right? uh, when Carly, when Carly, yeah, from days to our lives yes. with Carly, because <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute, she's dead, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, is this can this really happen? I start questioning stuff like that as a young kid. I was like. Can they do that? Like she's gonna, she's gonna get hurt. I'm all sympathetic too. I was like, <laughs> yes. I, remember I remember asking my great grandma. I was like, because it was just, you know, I was, I was coming downstairs. I remember that she was watching. I, I think she was watching. Yeah, she was getting ready to watch As the World Turns. And I came downstairs. I was like, Grandma, if somebody is buried, they mean that means they're sleeping. Keep in mind, I was a kid. And so they was like, yeah. And I was like, well, this lady that Uncle Mike's watching, she she alive and she she's she's in the coffin. Yeah. Said, so. They had rigged up a walkie talkie just <laughs> And then I'm finding out there's a drug that can make you like like you can't feel, you can't open your eyes. I was like, what the heck is this show? I was like, okay, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna watch this because I wanted to find out like is anybody gonna find out? Is she gonna be there? Like, is she eating? Like I, I was so concerned. I was like, "Is she drinking water? How is she going to the bathroom? Yeah, how is she going?" You know who else did that? If you remember in Guiding Light, I love this. Sunny Salida. Oh yeah, was split personality, and she she did her best to try to bury Riva in a casket. I remember yeah, that. But but you know what? And I love Guiding Light. That's my heart and soul. But when Days of Our Lives did it, I mean, to this day. 30 now it's going on. Th- oh my gosh, it's going on 30 years. 30, it's going years, on 30 years. Yeah. Ooh, okay, we just ate. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's another thing. Um, it, it's just it's one of those top stories that as soon as you say buried alive, people gonna be like, Days of our lives, girl. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, I still can do the whole scene with Vivian. I'm not gonna well, do it now. I was just gonna say that's one that I remember. Well, didn't Vivian bury Kate? Was it Kate? Carly. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they yeah. 
and they, Damien still hates Kate, uh, Carly. Yeah. She hates passion. And and years later, what? And here's another thing about soaps too: is that if you have been gone, but you remember that, and then years later, when the soaps kind of honor that moment, because that's what they did. Like a couple of years later, they had the character of Brady bury Vivian in a, in a, in a clip in a clip and it was like and I was just waiting for Crystal Chappelle who played Carly to come in and says how does it feel how does it feel like I just was waiting for that but you know yeah but those were the ones that like sucked me in yeah yeah so I'm gonna throw out three memories myself um huh? I, I've told this story a few times <clears throat> one of the first things that I remember from soaps I remember Luke and Laura's wedding and yeah. I remember it <laughs> for two reasons one because it spanned you know multiple days so uh, my mother let me stay home from school I didn't get to stay home for Princess Diana's wedding but I got to stay home for the first day of Luke and Laura's wedding and unfortunately that whole first day was basically built up seeing the dresses, getting everything ready. And, you know, in that key dramatic moment, it was like, bam, the show ended. And I had to go to school the next day. <laughs> so I didn't actually get to see the second part of it till years, you know, years later when it was run, I believe, on that soap opera network that came around for a good eight, nine years and then disappeared. Um, but I also remember very, very vividly the great Judith Light, um, who, you know, people will remember from Who's the Boss or Ugly Betty. Um, I, she's still doing phenomenal, phenomenal work on Netflix. But um, she started on One Life to Live playing a, a woman who was living a double life as a prostitute and the whole court trial uh, there was a murder that had taken place and and suddenly here she is on the stand and the herb callison never forget that name yeah. uh, was the district attorney um uh paramour to the robin strauss that we spoke about earlier dorian and mm-hmm. um he was you know bang you know barraging her on the stand and finally she jumped up and screamed I'm a prostitute. Is that what you want me to say? And the drama, the the just the music in the you know the music in the background, the tears, the the way she screamed it, and, and just the the pure you know obviously she won a daytime Emmy for that, and of course became you know Angela Bowers on Who's the Boss a couple of years later because of that those performances. But it was so riveting, and you know of course. Uh, eight, seven, eight years old, hearing about a prostitute and, and like, wow, what the heck is all of this? And, you know, everybody still loved her and, and she was able to, you know, redeem herself along yeah. the way. And I was just, I was hooked. hooked As a matter hooked. of fact, just a little FYI, a little tidbit, my oldest son, Brad, is named after the character Brad from One Life to Live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I need my daughter. I need my daughter. Uh, she's Jenna. I named her after Jenna Bradshaw on Guiding Night. Nice. And then my third memory um, goes back to General Hospital as well. And I, I remember a couple of years after Luke and Laura's wedding when I really started to, to you know, when Luke and Laura, I was still a kid, kid. I was in grade school. Um, God, I'm aging myself here on the show. Oh, my God. But um, <laughs> a couple of years later. I just you know, wanted when, to see. If they hello, okay, okay. Um, a couple of years later, one of the characters that's still around, Anna Devane, and um, she was reunited with her daughter and on the docks in Port Charles. In that moment, when they see each other and they go running across the docks, and, and she pulls her up and spins her around, and I, I 
I was hooked from that point on. And, and Robin went on to be a staple of the show, grew up on the show, married, uh, you know, married on the show, lost her first love to HIV on the show, became, you know, oh, iconic yeah. and still pops in and out. She's still part of the storyline and full circle years later, Anna Devane, you know, took a, a good eight, nine year break from the show at one point, but you know, she's still rocking and rolling and in heavy storyline, you know, as we speak. And it's just, you know, you get, you get hooked into the personalities, you get hooked into, you know, the families and the things that happen and, and they become, they become part of, of the fabric. I remember what I was doing when Carly was locked in the coffin and Vivian was taunting her. I, I believe it was a walkie talkie or some, was it, was it a walkie talkie or a weird phone line? Candace? It was, it was a walkie talkie. It was like, she had, she had like a, a mic in the coffin. Yeah. And, and the walkie talkie, she had the walkie talkie and the mic was going through. Yeah. That was some crazy. That's when, that's when you, again, you can remember how, when these soaps happen, like the, the moments, because when we say like VCR or walkie talkie or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, some like answer machines, like what it look like kids, they were like, what, what is the answer machine? Like everybody got a cell phone, but yeah, that, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I, yeah, Robin is still ah! VCR was like a DVR in this day. I, and, some, and some people don't even use DV, DVR, uh, DVRs right now either because everybody's got Hulu and stream and the streaming services now. That's I'll tell you that. a funny story. Um, when I went was I was watching the soaps and us growing up, um, I always had to either go, go to school or go to work. So for me, it was fun watching the soaps because I would find ways to make excuses to stay home. When it came to Reva Shane, I had to find just like ways to like stay home and like when I was in school and stuff. So I would tell my mom I was sick. So I'd be having sick days. And I love staying home so I could watch Reva. And man, that back in those days, it was like it was like on fire because it was like Reva versus Sunny Salida. Uh you got yeah. Rock Shane. You got all these characters. It was amazing. And then in college, it was like I didn't think it was gonna get better than that. And it was because these um Kudos to the writers because they come up with so many creative ideas. I mean, I just love all that. It's just amazing. You know, speaking of kudos to the writers for coming up you know, with some creative ideas, you know, they've, we obviously know Erica Kane and Victoria Lord Buchanan, and we know the Newmans on Young and the Restless, Teacher uh, Hall, Marlena Evans, who got possessed by the devil. But they also create some amazing villains. So let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's start. Let's yeah. start with David. Who is your all-time favorite baddie crazy villain? Well, I think the one I remember it was started with Victor Newman with me. Because right. he, in the beginning, was a jealous, overbearing husband over his first wife, Julia. And he, he, would, he buried his competition in a, what do they call that? Um, in the basement, or uh, wasn't it a wine yeah, cellar? Yeah, in, in the ground. A, yeah, almost like a wine cellar. Um, yeah. How about you, Pam? Yeah, and Adam Rats. Um, there's many, and especially since watching all the soaps, but I'm I'm partial to David Hayward, even though he wasn't yes. the most the oh most villainous villain. Yeah. He is just, you know, he's got that charisma and personality and whatever that even though that you should hate him for the things that he's done, you can't. And and that's how it is with a lot of villains, actually. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How about you, Willie? Okay, I've got four, and these are some good ones here. I've got Greg Subner from um, Knott's Landing. I've got J.R. Ewing from Dallas. I've got Roger Thorpe from Guiding Light. And the ultimate one would have to be Alan Spalding from Guiding Light. Alan Spalding. Wow, okay. When they showed him off at the final final episode of Guiding Light, I lost it. That made me cry. That made me cry more than when Reva went over the bridge. (laughs) <laughs> how about you candace <clears throat> oh, you, oh you know i can't pick just one okay so so here's my top five i call this my mount rushmore even though i know okay roger thorpe stefano yep. demur sheila carter annie dutton and i got to give this person so much props gwendolyn adler from loving loving because (laughs) i mean there's some more but those were my those were my picks i mean um yes and if you don't know you need to yes you need to like seriously go on youtube like you know i'm pretty sure look follow us we'll give you links but those individually they were rotten they had a heart some did some things out of love Mm. but some of them like and and it wasn't like tacky it wasn't tacky stuff either. Like they went full fledged with their with their craziness. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, bring it back. Oh, take me back. Take me back now. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I definitely, I definitely add Miss Sheila. You know, Nurse Sheila to yes. my list. Uh, she crossed soaps from Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless and just tore up year after year after year, life after life after life. And Miss Sheila Carter. T- Miss Sheila Carter. I definitely also agree with Stefano Demera, you know, the yeah. ultimate villain from Days of yeah. Our Lives. I'm yeah. going to add um, Roscoe. Uh, Roscoe um, and Mitch from One Life One to Live. Life to live. Yeah. Uh, those were, you know, those were, and then, you know, the baddie that you loved, uh, like Pam was talking about, you know, Ace Buchanan also from the same show, you know, oh, he was wow. up in everyone's business. He was, you know, constantly <laughs> making life hard, but you couldn't, yeah. you know, he was ornery and fiery and you couldn't help but to enjoy his badness and waiting to see same thing with Vivian, uh, but with Dorian, excuse me, you couldn't wait to see what they were going to do next. You know, technically you were kind of supposed to hate them, but I, I, you know, I wanted more and more and more. Yeah. You know, you know, then we've had some off the wall kind of crazy, absolute craziness. You know, Sheila Carter would go into, into that category. And, you know, we've had, uh, you know, we've had, on um um general hospital we've had some absolute craziness happen i mean all the soaps have had craziness happen and uh, to try to to try to narrow it down to a few but they they, these were some outstanding moments so let's talk about the four remaining soaps and uh i will give that honor to candace tell us about the four soaps that are left so uh again like i said uh i never thought that it would be four soaps left. I mean, again, out of the 90 year old genre and then all the networks had more than just two soaps, you know, at, at, at one point, but now each network has the honor. And I say that real strong, the honor to still have soaps to, that has represented time. Um, the families um, with CBS, you have two from the Bell family, which is William J. Bell and Lee Phillip Bell um, with the Young and the Russells and Bold and the Beautiful. Um, NBC has Days of Our Lives. And, co- and I'm going to say this too: continue to have Days of Our Lives from uh, the 
uh, that was created by Ted and Betsy Corday and their son is still continuing that legacy and general hospital on ABC, the flagship of ABC daytime and of this pop. And I say this, the pop culture of daytime, we're down to four soaps, each of them still kicking button, taking names. Amen. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and you know creating new generations new you know new characters new storylines and and on the flip side giving people like myself you know that creativity knowledge to do do their own soaps and you know and not and and not only the networks but there's also digital soaps out there too oh yeah i, I love the digital soaps they are awesome I, yeah i was just going to ask that question so i'm going to throw that to willie and then david what sure. digital soaps um, do you guys watch and, and why? Are the digitals oh, yeah, as good? Are they better? Are they, do Actually, they still in need? There's one called Andromeda. It's got, it's got uh, Lily and Lucinda from Ethel Turns in there. Um, it's really good. You can check it out on YouTube. It's very complex, very intense, but I like it. And sometimes it kind of pushes the soap envelope just a little more than what we just get on daytime. So Andromeda would be my top pick. How about you, David? What digitals do you watch? Um, I haven't watched any digitals in a while, but I was caught up in the Bay for a while. And then there's Ladies of the Lake, um, if, that, if you consider that one. And and don't forget Forever in a Day, David. <laughs> Shameless plug! <laughs> and, well, and for, is that digital, though? Let's talk about forever in a day for a second. <laughs> Candace, tell, tell us who one of the stars of forever in a day is. Oh, that would be Beth Ellis from God Like. Oh, no. Um, no. Um, so... <laughs> This is so weird. Now I'm going to talk about it. So, you know, again, one of the things that about the soaps, you know, we we mentioned, you know, memorable moments and stuff. But, you know, if somebody asks what has the soaps done for each of us on a personal level, it's to open again the door to creativity. And so me and my um, co-partner, Casey, um, we created an audio soap opera the kind of throw it back to how the show you know genre begun on radio with forever in a day which i'm also co-executive producer co-head writer and co-star of along with some amazing people from the soap world both network and digital and yeah <laughs> it's still like surreal because it's a, a love letter to the genre that gave us so much and we just wanted to you know show some love and so the show is about these crazy citizens of augustus illinois and it's you know politics you know we have uh three major families the bennett's the harpers and the marshalls and the other wonderful citizens including one character named danielle who runs trash.com magazine who is just like she's fabulous i love her (laughs) and Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> she's messy. She's messy, but she's a throwback to, you know, like a Lucy Cole, you know, uh, um, oh gosh, Lon- uh, Loretta Love, um, you know, all these, you know, characters. But yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's an audio. So that means you have to use your imagination, which I think 
that's important to do, you know, flex those brain muscles because that's what they used to do. You know, Erna yeah. Phillips was like, you know what? <laughs> We're going to put this on radio. And, and that's, you know, full circle. So it's a great soap opera and hopefully everybody checks it out on JLJ media and all streaming services. <laughs> I love that show. It's really cool. Um, are you guys, is, are, yeah. have you guys got a renewal? Are you guys doing re- a new I season coming up? I, I don't know. It's like NBC. I don't know. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I hope, I hope, you know what? I hope we do continue because it is, it's, you know, for somebody who grew up watching all these soaps and want, you know, one time to be on a soap and, you know, pretend, you know, every time when the daytime Emmys come on, we get dressed up. I still do it to this day. I have no shame. Um, just, you know the I'm fact that you guys best wishes i'm 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 hoping you. for at least five more seasons Same you know here. what you know what you speak it loud so we get everybody to hear it but no i mean the- seasons for candace and and cory mack <laughs> and girl i am waiting for my guest star uh my guest star I, you, you know what written in come on i, I, I already look look i already look check us out so if i mean if we uh do get a renewal <laughs> uh, I, already, I, already t- I already have so many freaking ideas that's again you know you guys had mentioned about the soap writers you know each and every day they have to come up with new ideas yeah for these characters they can't i mean some of them yes are the same story but they spin it to where it's a little bit different and now on the flip side with me i'm just like oh okay yeah i i yeah and they can tell you these these wonderful people can tell you I don't go to sleep like a normal person because no. I have so many ideas. <laughs> I have so many ideas running through my head where it's like, oh my gosh, okay, this is this, this is this, and this is this. But wait, I can't do this because no, that would be too much like this. But then I can do this and do that. So, and to answer the question, if we do get a renewal, yes, I already know what characters everybody will play. Yes, I know who <laughs> will be the person. I'm going to have the villain. I'm going to have the, you know, the rich person, the poor person, the talkative person. Villain. I want to play villain. You know what? That's actually more fun to write for. I'm yeah, gonna be honest. Absolutely. It yeah, is the one of the Yeah, it's are, like are, we, the, are you guys gonna do a summer edition like the way you did the Christmas one, or is it just oh, I can tell you this is okay. that okay. uh no, tomorrow Venom May Sweeps is around the corner. So I thought uh, maybe you guys might break I it will say the this without taking anything away. Tomorrow uh-huh. is our season two finale. And just like all these other soaps, there's a cliffhanger. Terrific. So tell Terrific. us tell us where we can find it, Candice, and then I have a couple of questions for Pam. Okay, so you guys can find Forever in a Day, the audio soap opera on JLJ Media, which is on all streaming services. So if you have Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeart, iTunes, Podcast One, uh, anything that you can hear a podcast on, we're on there. Um, just type in Forever in a Day. And uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy it as much as these fine people have said. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, hopeful season three. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pam, Take Two Radio has actually blossomed out into a couple other areas. Tell us about what else you do with Take Two Radio beyond soaps. Did I lose Pam? All right, David, why don't you jump in and tell us about Pam's special shows that she produces every year? Oh, Take maybe I lost. Um, Go ahead, David. No, she is here. I, I see her on there. Um, Pam, are you there? All right. Well, Pam also okay. loves Hallmark movies and Christmas movies. And every year she produces a series of specials under the Take Two banner 
talking about all of the Christmas movies and getting on writers, producers, stars of those shows as well. So, David, tell everybody where they can find Take Two Radio. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are, Pam. Great. Yeah. I don't tell know us- what happened. I could hear you guys and I'm talking, but obviously you couldn't hear me. Oh, um, good old Zoom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, the Christmas show runs from October through December, and I do that with Dawn as my co-host, and it's for Hallmark and Lifetime and and uh, Up TV and whenever there's Christmas movies, new original Christmas movies. And we just discuss what each movie is about, and we give the trailer, and you know you can hear the trailer and stuff like that. Um, and then we also have guests on from those movies, and uh, that's exciting in itself as well, because we're speaking to people outside of the soap genre, but some that have also been in the soap genre. So um, that, and then um, you can find us on uh, social media at Take Two Radio, and that's with the number two. You can listen to us on Blog Talk Radio, either live or on replay, and then also any of the streaming apps. Um, so I think that's it, right? Yeah. And so we've had, we've had some really great guests in the last year or so. What uh, If they want to go back and listen to one of our previous shows, what would you suggest? I'll give each of you a show to, to plug, starting with you, Pam. What's one of your favorite shows this, this last year or so? Really, you're going to do that to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, 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 I can't. <laughs> all right. I love them all for different reasons. You know what I mean? Um, I guess, what, you know, we've had people on, we've had guests on that have been from past and present soaps. So whatever your favorite character was or your favorite actor or your favorite soap, Start with that and branch out. That's a great idea. How about you, David? What's one show that really sticks with you? Oh, wait. wait well, David, there were... Before you answer that, oh, I have go ahead. two of them that, that stick out to me because they're no longer with us. Mm. We, Dave, uh, Don and I... Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like crying. Christoph. Yeah. We, Christoph no, it was, the first one was Jeannie Cooper. Right. Yeah. And yes. then Kristoff. Then so those are the two that that stick out to me. How about you, David? Well, I think the one that sticks out to me is when we helped out um oh that charity. What's that charity, Candace, that you went for bowling for oh, day, day, oh daytime stars and strikes for the gown light weekend. Yeah. We helped. We helped. Ra- we helped raise money for that, and we did a special podcast just for daytime stars and strikes. Uh, a couple of them, and one in particular stands out, where said said managing host couldn't make it, and says, <laughs> "Can you do it, please, for me, David?" And I said, "Oh, sure, I'd be glad to." <laughs> and I was shaking like a leaf the whole time. <laughs> and I, I was glad that Dawn was on. Dawn was doing it with me, so she sort of paved my way. So um, that is one that sticks out for me. It was, it was scary for me. I mean, I'll throw you, in. You don't come prepared. You got to be prepared. 
Yeah. I'm going to throw in two for myself. Um, first and foremost, one of my favorite all time characters was from one life to live. And the character was Tina Lord Roberts played by the incomparable Andrea Evans. And she came on to talk about her favorite moments from one life to live passions, bold and the beautiful, as well as a documentary that she had produced uh, about the me too movement called rocking the couch. And that was an amazing, amazing conversation talking about, you know, the, the changing roles of women in the media, in media, in soap opera world, and, and of course, in, in the world of film and television. And then not so long ago, a little over a year ago, we spoke with an amazing guy from General Hospital, Riel Andrews, who at the time uh, had been off the canvas for, oh, what was it, almost 11 years, I think, Candace. Yeah, And uh, because of our show, and I, I, I'm very confident to say that General Hospital took another look at him and, and brought him back for a very, very memorable story arc that is still playing out as we speak. So those are two of my favorite shows. Candice, what about you? Oh, man. I mean, I would say all of them, but I, and I do mean all of them. But I think my first one with Austin Peck. When I, mm. you know, when we was talking about the fact that he could not believe that me as a five year old was watching horror films and he was like, wait, you how old were you when you start watching horror? And I was like five. And it was just like it was just because, you know, I've talked to soap stars before, but it was just that was a memorable one. And then there was one that well, I had two more. There was one that I wasn't there for, but my presence was was made. But, um, <laughs> Mr. Walt Willie. Yes, I was not feeling well. I wasn't feeling well because I had like a cold. And all I know was people was like saying Candace needs to listen to the show. And I was I felt bad because I really wanted to talk to Walt Willie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I listened to it and I'm getting picked on, you guys. I was picked. <laughs> I was virtually spanked. I was virtually like, he was like this. He was like, what was it? What was it, Pam? The pop pop a cough drop, take a cough drop and call in or something like like, yeah. I was like, really? Like, okay, I see how this goes. And then there's the well, there's I would say there's two that stand out too, and Pam, Pam knows why. It was Jordy, and it was. I knew you were gonna say that. And it was Chad Brandon who played who plays on uh who played who he well he came back from general to general hospital. But the ongoing thing is, look, we all have soap crushes, and Mm -hmm. and the thing is, is that I tell these people things off the show that I don't think is going to be on the show, And, (laughs) and and this is what makes this genre and everything else so fun is that you know these soaps brings us together in a way that again no other genre sports genre or anything can do and it's like family so it's like okay we know that nobody takes a lot of things seriously but some people do so as we're doing this you know interview and everything you know we go in order and I'm like why do I feel I'm gonna be last why and this was with Jordy why do I think I'm going to be last and the way it was announced that I was going to be, I was like, I'm all prepared and everything. And she just threw in the whole crush thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, seriously? And with Chad, and with Chad Brandon, look, here's the deal. I do have, I will probably say this right now because I know this is going to get, I think everybody knows I have a crush on him. I you know at, at some event, he had a daytime Emmy. I held the daytime Emmy. But when he was on there, I was like, okay, do not blush. 
However, of course, my co-host here constantly like rubs <laughs> it in a little bit, like, oh gosh, like, like, okay, with me. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like you're in, you know, like how you're in school and the popular guy comes over to you or popular yeah. girl, and you're like sitting sitting at the desk and everybody's like, ooh, look who it is, Candace. <laughs> That's how I felt. For both of those interviews. So there you go. All of them. Austin being my first one for take two and Jordy and Chad because they made me, they made me like, I can't even look. I'm blessed and talking about it right now. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Willie, real quick before secrets. we. Which ones have you? And thank you again, take two, for adding me into this great family. Um, I've enjoyed all of the interviews that I've been able to participate in, but I'll challenge everybody by letting them figure this out. But I, it was been a dream come true having to interview both Dylan Quartermain from General Hospital, the legendary Luke Duke Lavery, and my crush, Sonny Kuriakis from Days of Our Lives. Yeah, uh, thank you so that- much. I've enjoyed all of that. Well, I want to say thank you to all of you guys, gals. Um, I wish Carolyn had been able to join us. She is our queen. Um, Mm. And you can catch us the first and no, Pam, (laughs) the first and third Thursdays. Of no, every month. No, 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 no. The second and the second and fourth Thursdays of every month. <laughs> See what COVID COVID has given me crazy brain. I have switched no. to this COVID brain. Really? You can catch us the second and fourth Thursdays on all of your major podcast catchers or on Blog Talk Radio Live, 7 p.m. There are phone numbers. You'll see them on all of our Facebook pages. You are more than welcome to call in and join us and talk about the soaps if you'd like. Ladies, gentlemen, I am so proud and honored to be your friend, to be your co-host. Thank you for coming on Sunday Edition. Hopefully, we'll get some interesting... Thank you. And I want all of you back to show up on on my podcast, too, for Willie Few Podcast. It'd be awesome. Absolutely. And, and, and Candace, tonight, what are you, where are you going to be? Some kind oh, of party? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be on So Party 401 on TalkShoe.com, talking about all the shows, including, you know, this other little show called Forever in a Day, <laughs> um, which, by the way, tomorrow's the season two finale of Forever in a Day. And if we get renewed, I, I'm, I'm saying it now. I promise to write these people in on a guest spot situation and anthony already have you already know what character you're going to play i know your background and i also know which character i'm going to have you in scenes with all right all (laughs) right that is take two radio on sunday edition pam david candace willie thank you so much for joining me i will see you loving us yes we love you so much love you guys sunday edition will be right back with peter Ochel. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. In affiliated the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Welcome back to Sunday Edition. So I have two quick announcements to make before I step up with Peter. First, in the background today, I have Jason Castingway. Byron is on vacation, so he is manning the controls. And I just want to say thank you so much, Jason, for 
stepping up at the last minute to help out Sunday edition. And I also wanted to say about Days of Our Lives, NBC, we put together a, a petition to NBC and Corday Productions months and months and months ago that garnered all kinds of support. And it, it turned into audio description, the first time ever on a soap opera, five days a week, NBC's Days of Our Lives. So if you are interested and have never checked out a soap opera and you want one with audio description, NBC Days of Our Lives, you can get it on the streaming uh, Peacock platform and the other various NBC locales with audio description. But now it is time for me to transition. Sorry, I'm a few minutes late to Peter Alcho. Peter, welcome back to Sunday Edition. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Uh, we're doing fine. We have our first, well, one of our few first spring days here, you know, not cold, not too hot, 70 degrees, sunny out, uh, beautiful day here in Columbia, Missouri. Nice. So let's go backwards. We're going to talk about your book a little later on. Let's talk first about employment and some of the podcasts you have coming up and some of the stuff we can look forward to in the next couple of weeks and months. Well, thank you. Uh, so the employment committee uh, hosts two events. The podcast that you alert uh, that you alluded to, every month we interview two uh, blind folks who we think of interesting career paths, and they are 28 minutes long. And we interview them, and then we post them uh, to you know the ACB thing. You can find them on the ACB link. We are also um, going to be uh, connecting with American Printing House of the Blind. We're going to be working with their Career Connect. So you're gonna eventually once we get everything in order, we will you can you can, you'll be able to find us there as well as through ACB, and we're very excited about that. So every week we interview two people. You know, we've interviewed a lawyer, we've interviewed uh, uh, a daycare provider uh, uh, from home, we've interviewed a forensic psychologist, we've interviewed uh, uh, a chef who's blind. Uh, what's her name? Ha, I can't remember the, the the name, but anyway, the uh, uh, and you know so it runs month to month. This year we're gonna this I think. This month, we're interviewing a person who makes a living translating uh, from Spanish to English, interpreting, uh, uh, you know, who's, who's fluent in both languages and interprets. And we're going to interview somebody who helps people uh, address accents they want to get rid of or modify or something. So we're going to be doing that next week. And then the show will probably come out in June or July. So we're really excited about that. The other thing that we do is a community radio show, um, and we pick a topic and run with it. And that runs once a month every, I think it's the second week of every month. And uh, so we encourage you to check that out. Check, check out uh, the uh, list that comes out every, every week, and you will find us when we are there. So that's that. Um, if you want me to talk about the convention, I can do that as well. If that would interest you. Yeah, if you've got a preview for some of the employment stuff at convention, that'd be great. Yeah. So we have, we have two, we are essentially um, doing two events. Uh, the first event on Sunday afternoon, we're interviewing Hobie Wedler, Dr. Hobie Wedler, who is an amazing individual. Uh, I know you know him, Anthony. Um, I do. Uh, he's, um, uh, does a lot of work with wine and spices. Uh, and he uh, um, got his PhD in computational chemistry, whatever that is, which is a story in itself. And it's just a fascinating individual. And you know, he's going to be uh, talking uh, to us about his life and whatever lessons he, he wants to share with us. And um, so, um, so that's and spoiler alert. BPI also has tagged Dr. Um, Dr. Hobie to do a wine event uh, on his own from grape to glass. 
And then he's going to be part of the dueling wine perspectives with our own Gabriel Lopez Cafati. So awesome to know that that Hobie's going to be all across all across national convention this year. What's yeah. up? He's, what he's, else he's, are you guys doing? He's a really interesting guy. And then we're, we're co-sponsoring with Ivy, uh, Pam Shaw session about coaching as a career, uh, life coaching, career coaching. And there's a whole field that blind folks could get involved with. And Pam has been doing it quite a while with some success. And then the other thing we are doing is an interviewing skills workshop. And Anthony, you are a panelist, as I remember. And (laughs) it's on Thursday. And what we are essentially doing is bringing on uh, people of diverse backgrounds and ages and experiences and asking a bunch of questions related to interviewing as a blind person. And um, so we hope that people will join us. I think think we will be getting... um, Lots of interesting perspectives on those tough interview situations that 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 happen, and uh, we're very much looking forward to that. And we're very much looking forward to having you, Anthony, as one of the panelists. Thank you. I'm I'm really looking forward to it too. I think, you know, one of the things that that we really need to hone up as a community is interviewing skills and really being able to sit in those rooms or the virtual rooms and be able to, you know, spring sh- sh- forth our most prominent self, the sell ourselves, so to speak, to the job that we're looking for. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I guess, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that the, the, the main thing I've learned about interviewing over the years is you have to be able to tell good stories Yeah. You know, of, of how you got certain things accomplished. And the better your stories, the better you're likely to get hired. That's, that's been my experience. Yeah. And the, you know, the, inter- the interview world is changing. You know, yeah. it's not so much the tell us about a positive experience that you had such and such and such, or tell us, you know, your strengths and weaknesses. The, the interviewing has become really sophisticated and, and more conversational. So definitely I, I'm really looking forward to the panel and, and imparting what, what those of us that are panelists can, you know, can add to the conversation and hopefully bring people up to interviewing, you know, success. But uh, let's transition into friends and art. And I first want to highlight um, my engineer behind the scenes, Mr. Jason Castingway. Uh, Peter, what did you think of that amazing, amazing concert that Jason gave for us as a fundraiser for Valentine's Day? I unfortunately missed it. I was doing something else on Valentine's Day, but I know Jason's talent, which is uh, extraordinary. And he's a wonderful player and a singer and a wonderfully personable guy and a, and a real uh, treasure for friends in art. We're so pleased to have him on our board. And he uh, was instrumental in making last year's showcase so successful. Uh, it was really the folks at ACB, uh, Jason and uh, Derek, who sort of got the showcase once we got it, everything in order made it work so smoothly. And so we're, we're just so thrilled that he's involved with us. And, and, and he also performed last year and did a fabulous job. So I've known Jason for years and uh, as a performer, and he's, you know, there's nothing to say except he's terrific. One of the things I loved about last year's Friends in Art was you guys made it, it made it feel like we were in a live setting. Uh, and background noise. You had, you know, um, uh, audience clap, clap, clapping. Excuse me. Today is a tongue twisting day. <laughs> yeah, um, I, but I you, you really made it feel like a live setting. Whose idea was that? And can we look forward to the same thing this year? That was Jason and Derek. They they pulled that off. I mean, we they said here's what we want to do, and we said go for it. 
And they, they really did a really wonderful job. And yes, it will happen again this year as well. In fact, we were talking about uh, at a uh, recent Friends at Art board meeting, are there other sounds we can throw in that, that we didn't use last year that we can find? So we're, you know, uh, they're working on it. And I'm sure there will be um, something surprising. I'm not sure what it will be. Maybe it'll be a dog barking or something. Because every year, <laughs> you know, every year when these conventions take place in person, invariably at least one dog barks for some reason or other. So maybe that will be the uh, surprise. I have no idea, but uh, I know something will happen. That'll be interesting. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I'll vote for the, uh, the dog barking as well. <laughs> <laughs> and you are now combing, uh, combing through submissions for this year's Friends in Art. Tell everybody how they can submit if they would like to participate well, the truth is we have not combed through anything yet because the deadline for us to comb through is June 1st. So we will be, we're, we're, we want as many people to send us stuff as possible. Uh, and um, you can do that by sending us an email uh, at showcase at friendsinart.org. So showcase at friendsinart.org. And we ask you to, you know, to, to, Either send us a link or an MP3 file or whatever M3 you want to send us. And then a brief description of what you're sending and uh, where you're from and so on and so forth. We do ask that each performance lasts no more than five minutes and we prefer less so we can have as many performances as possible. And we generally prefer up-tempo tunes, but if it's a really good ballad or slow thing, we will take that as well. So um, we please, please um, submit. Encourage others to submit. We would love to get um, uh, submissions from all over the ACB uh, uh, universe. And uh, we are so happy, by the way, that NextGen is co-sponsoring the showcase this year. And they're doing a wonderful job of promoting us. So we're really thrilled to have their support. Nice. What are some some of the takeaways from last year that uh, some tips and tricks you can give to the listeners that may be thinking, well, how do I submit and how do I make it sound good? Well, let, let's let's start with um, we. You are certainly welcome to submit a music or poetry or pro, you know, a poetry thing. If you're a writer, just remember the the five limit requirement or a little less, if at all possible. Um, we encourage you to um, do your best to record as as best as, as you can. Uh, most people who I don't want to get to the details of of how to record something uh, in part because the technology is different from what the one stuff I used to use, but do your best to make it clear, make it clean, make it sound professional. Uh, and um, you know, if you do that, you know, you have a decent shot of getting on the show, maybe a very good shot. Uh, we have four submissions thus far and they're all terrific. So we're, we're really excited and we want new people. I mean, what I said to the board, um, at our last meeting is my goal is that we'll have such great talent that we on the board will not perform at all. It, it really <laughs> is. Um, that really is the goal that I, we probably won't be able to accomplish that, but that is really what we're aiming to do this year. So please, please do submit stuff. And uh, we look forward to uh, checking out your submission. Well, I'm going to throw my hat in a ring this year and do an awesome movie musical song that uh, I'm very partial to. So I look we, forward to that. We can't wait. <laughs> we can't wait. What, totally else you, awesome. what else are you guys working on in the next couple of months? And of course, national convention. So we also have a podcast. Uh, every month we interview somebody with a visual impairment with some connection to the arts. Uh, so it's been musicians. It's been poets. 
It's been um, uh, voiceover people. We are going to be interviewing, I think, next month, uh, somebody who runs a uh, show on public radio on disability. And we're going to talk to her about how she organizes that show. And actually, she's going to be uh, co-hosting the showcase. Uh, this uh, person who does a show on KFAI, which is not the same thing as KFIA. So it's KFAI in Minneapolis, and she's going to be co-hosting the showcase. And we're thrilled. So, um, so we, that that show comes out um, once a month and is regularly played on ASP Radio. I don't know the exact times, but um, on mainstream. And uh, the shows, and those interviews run an hour. Last month, we interviewed a, a person who plays the cello in various orchestras and um, teaches Braille music. So every nice. month is different. Every month is very different. So, so as far as the convention is concerned, this gets more complicated. So we have the showcase, of course. That's the first major event for us. And then afterwards, we're going to have a post-showcase uh, Zoom party. So folks can come in and join us and react, and we'll have a lot of the a lot of the performers there, uh, and we'll just have a good time, you know, uh, and just hang out and and do do whatever that we do on those events. So that's Friday night, right after the showcase. On Saturday, we are helping. Uh, we're working with the um, other groups to screen a movie about artists with visual impairments, uh, uh, painters with visual impairments, and teachers. Um, so we're looking forward to that. We're also doing a session. Last year, we did a session on the harp uh, in honor of Lynn Heddle, who died about a year ago. And yeah. so we're doing that again. And it was, uh, it was great success last year. And so uh, Nancy Pendergraf and Jason, and I don't know who else, will be um, doing that again. And we're you know looking forward to that. We're doing our prose and poetry session again, uh, this time co-sponsored by NextGen. And I believe Blind Pride is involved with that as well. We're Thrilled to have you guys there. Um, and that gives people a chance to come in and read something uh, to a receptive audience. And uh, it's usually a very popular and very successful event. So we're looking forward to that. We are also doing a session called Podcast for Beginners or Podcasting for Beginners that Derek Lane is doing. And a bunch of uh, other organizations are co-sponsoring this. And this is for those who are thinking about podcasting like me, but knows nothing about it and wants to know the basics, how to get started. And so I know uh, um, he's working on that. Uh, we are doing, well, we're doing a couple of sessions with uh, Blind Pride, one with opera areas that you guys are, are running and one on protest music. Yeah. So we're very much looking forward to that. And then the final thing that we're doing, if I haven't forgotten anything, is on Thursday, right before the banquet, we're interviewing three or four of our former scholarship winners, you know, uh, which reminds me of something else. But anyway, so we're going to be um, doing a panel of, of, of our prior scholarship winners. We're very much looking forward to that. We have some amazing talent, and that's going to be, I can't remember the exact time, late Thursday afternoon. And if you give me a chance, um, Anthony, I want to promote our scholarship. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a perfect segue. Yeah, isn't it? So we have every year, we have a $1,500 scholarship for people getting getting their degrees in music, either in uh, high school, the seniors going into college or, uh, or through college into graduate school. And we would like you to apply. And you want to know how to apply. You can go to friendsinart.org, or as our jingle says, friendsinart.org. And you can um, go to, and it's, we actually, it's a new site. We finally got it up and running and we're very pleased with it. So check, check us out. Um, 
look look for the uh, scholarship application form, fill it out, and um, there we need some documentation. Obviously, we need samples of your work. We need documentation that you are in fact visually impaired. And so, please do submit your application uh, and join our prior winners who have been who are really fabulous people. So, if you have any questions, you can um, you can email us at scholarship at friendsinart.org, scholarship at friendsinart.org. So we really do encourage you to apply, um, and uh, we look forward to reviewing your materials. Awesome. So, you know, Sunday Edition strives to bring, you know, great programming and, and of course, all the news and information that the ACB community might need. So if you are a committee member or a special interest affiliate member who has uh, some programming for national or any programming that you want to highlight, please always reach out to Celebration with the initials AC, Celebration AC at AOL.com. And I will have you on just like Peter here to talk about whatever various programming you guys might be uh, putting out there. So great time to segue into Peter, the man Uh, you mentioned a beautiful day in Missouri. Uh, Tell us a little bit about you and where you live and how you came to be a part of the ACB community. I became a member of the New York city chapter back in there. I I hate to date myself, but back in the early eighties sometime, maybe the mid eighties. And, um, Every year I go with a friend of mine to the monthly meetings and, and then we go out to dinner and have a good time. And that was sort of the extent of my uh, connection. And then I went to my first ACB convention in 1987 in Los Angeles and um, sort of hung out and went, went irregularly for several years, went one year, missed three years, went one year, missed two years, that kind of thing. And then I got involved with Friends in Art. Uh, and um, eventually got on the board, served as president for a while, and now I'm back on the board. Um, and also, I think it was sometime in the 90s, we um, persuaded the powers that be at ACB to, to establish an employment committee. And um, so that's been going in with varying degrees of success, probably for more than 20 years now. And so... I've been primarily involved with ACB on those two projects, the Friends in Art and the Employment Committee uh, thing. Uh, so that's that's sort of my c- connection with ACB. Um, beyond that, I um, I sing in choirs. Uh, uh, well, uh, well, uh, right now I'm tutoring University of Missouri students, student athletes, in writing skills and uh, uh, critical thinking primarily, and a few other things as well. Um, I also sing in, I used to sing in four choirs before the uh, virus hit, and now I'm singing in two. We had a con- One of the choirs had a concert last night, um, which was, uh, you know, interesting. We, had, we all had to wear masks. Uh, we did it in our church with no audience, but it was streamed. And from what I can tell, it went very well. Um, it was a lot of fun. We, we sang a really cool piece of music. And um, so that that's one choir. Another choir we're doing a, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're doing a bluegrass mass. Mm. So it's all the various sections of the mass in bluegrass style and a few other pieces from Appalachia. And that's going to be outdoors in a, in a garden uh, um, near a church somewhere. And so we're very, and that's a sort of a small choir, about 20 or 25 of us. So it's a much smaller choir and um, means I have to be much more prepared because uh, a lot of this music is a part so I have to really know my part to be able to do that. And then the other uh, two other things I should say, one is that um, in addition to the ACB stuff, I'm the percussionist or the drummer 
in a jazz trio that we've been um, together for about nine months and released a couple of CDs. Uh, and uh, again, I'm the drummer and we have a bass slash cello player and a keyboard player. And so we, we do um, jazz standards and try to liven them, liven them up a little bit. So we, we do things a little bit differently than what you might be expecting to hear. And then we also do some original stuff depending on our mood. Uh, so we have a couple of CDs that will probably be coming out in the next two or three months, I think. So that's yes. that. And then, and then the other major part of my life is that I'm a writer. Uh, and uh, I have been uh, writing books and blogs and other stuff for years. And um, so that's, that's me in a, in a nutshell. Uh, oh, I should also say that I'm moving. I'm moving next week. So you know how that is. Getting your, getting your stuff together to move is a major undertaking. So, uh, And on top of that, I have my second vaccine on Tuesday. So I just hope that I don't get wildly sick so I can get through with this move. So that's, that's some, uh, that's some awesome timing. Are you moving yeah. in state or, or is this? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually moving about a mile and a half from here. Uh, so, um, but it will save me a bunch of money and, uh, and it will be a much, uh, I think a better living situation for me. So, but you know, to do get everything together is a major undertaking as I'm sure, you know, uh, so <laughs> Absolutely. That's, what <laughs> that's what I'm spending most of my time doing these days. So anyway, so that that's who I am in a nutshell. Do you get any sleep? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'm actually looking for I'm actually looking for uh, a more reliable job. Also, so if anybody has any ideas, I'm of course open to them. Um, anyway, but but that's 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 where I am right now. So if folks want to if folks want to go listen to the choir from last night, where can they find it? Uh, I, I don't have that yet, but when I get it, I will send it to you and, uh, and we'll post it in the show notes. Please please, please, please post it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it was a piece uh, written by an African-American composer about this life of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah Mm -hmm. and, uh, for choir and keyboard and bass and lots of percussion. And it was a really, and, and narrator, and it was a very powerful piece. And I'm sort of waiting to hear how the, how good the, performance came out. If it's decent, I'll send it to you. If it's not decent, I will not send it to you. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, and then um, if, if folks want to hear a sample of the stuff we do in our jazz stuff, if you email me at creating common ground at outlook.com, creating common ground, all one word at outlook.com, I'll send you a selection of stuff that we have. I've been trying to get them to get us a, a YouTube channel, but we haven't gotten that far yet. Awesome. Well, creating common ground is another great segue because that can go back into your writing. Um, tell us, tell us a little bit about the blogging that you do first. Well, uh, every week, well, let me let me tell how it got started. So, I released my memoir in 2012, and I ran into uh, I, I was working with the publicist, and she said you need to start blogging. And I said, okay, uh, what should I blog about? And she said, anything you want to. I said, okay, what other advice do you have for me? And she said, keep each blog under 750 words. And that was the best advice I ever got because, um, so I really do try to keep my blogs, you know, uh, uh, concise and interesting and, and again, short. And I really find that people are much more likely to read them and think about them than those people who write longer blogs. Um, and so I write about anything. I mean, basically I write, I, I have many different interests. So I might write about music. I write about politics. I write about uh, behave, organ, organization behavior. I write about family behavior. I write about dogs. I write about Christianity. Uh, but it's all primarily 
under on the lens of this creating common ground thing. So there's there's usually some kind of a common groundy kind of message uh, through, not always, but often. So I've been doing this for like eight years, and um, I'm actually in the space where um, my relationship with my prior publisher has been ended, much to my delight. The only problem with that is that I now have to create my own blog, and I'm sort of dreading this because I'm hearing horror stories about WordPress and make getting started and making it work. So I'm sort of, um, I've got to find the right person to, to give me the fortitude to, to, to plow ahead and get it done. But um, if anybody wants a sample of my blog stuff, you can get it through my books because my second and third books are selections from my blogs. And um, so uh, you, you get the best of me, um, my, of my blogs through, through, the, through those books. So first, tell us the title of the memoir. I do know it's available on Bard, yes? Yes. The title of the memoir is, is Breaking Barriers, Working and Loving While Blind. And that came out in 2012. I think it, you know, it was put, up, put on uh, Bard, I want to say, in 2013, I'm guessing. But anyway, it's definitely there. You can definitely find it. And then your two compilation titles? Right. The second book is also on Bard, and that is called... Breaking it down and connecting the dots, creating common ground where contention rules. So if you think of, just remember breaking it down, you'll find it, or my name, you'll find it. So that is available. Uh, both books are available both through Bard and through Bookshare. And I think they're also available through Learning Ally. And of course, they're available through Amazon and, and um, you know, uh, uh, Kindle and all those things. So um, I encourage you to, uh, to read them. Um, but the third book, which just came out uh, about a month ago, is called Riding Elephants, Creating Common Ground Where Contention Rules. And that book, uh, because, because Bard is you know, dealing with the, with the pandemic just like, just like everybody else is, I will be surprised if they, if they record it you know, within the next year or two. I, I, you know, I think they're just so swamped. And and um, are having trouble, you know, with volunteers and spacing and all that. That they're just they're doing less recording. But I am in the process now of trying to get it on Bookshare, and it also is available, um, you know, the, through the you know through the you, you could get it on you know through Amazon and through Kindle and through Smashwords and uh, and all the, all those things. But and I'm hoping at some point it'll get on Bard, but it's going to take a while. So let me ask you, um, I don't know the process, but I wonder if, if you had, if you were to consider recording it yourself, um, would that be something that you could do and then submit it to Bard? No, uh, you cannot do that. Well, I mean, they have very, very, they have very high standards and, um, you know, I'm, I, I my get, I mean, I could record it and people have, have suggested I do that, but that's a very time consuming and pricey, uh, pricey event, which I don't have money or time to do right now. Um, but uh, but the the, the I'll, I'll tell you how um, tight their standards are. So I uh, I offered to record the intro to my Breaking Barriers book, and I was reading it off my Braille Apex, and they had to turn it down because um, the the click when you hit the advance bar from you know screen to screen uh, uh, was, was coming was, through the recording. Was, was coming through in the recording. Yeah. <laughs> so she said, look. Uh, let's let's see how things go, and if we want you to do it, we'll send you. Know, we'll, we'll borrow it out, and you can read it. But you know, we sort of decided not to do it, so that's okay. Uh, it's not the end of the universe, but they really do take uh, quality control seriously. I know sometimes they don't do the perfect job, but they really do try to do it to do it right. 
So I see that there is a hand up. Um, let's break for a question. Jane, welcome to Sunday edition. Peter, just so you know, I did send your um, manuscript of Riding Elephants over to Minnesota State Services for the Blind and said, please take a look at this. Either consider doing it on their radio talking book network or record it. They do a very careful meticulous job and often when they record it for the radio talking book network it also then goes on over to bard so that oh. is something that may happen but i will let you know well jane i'm thrilled and i remember you saying you were going to do this and i really appreciate your efforts on this yeah, and you got um, it. let me know if you need something else for me i will ah. be delighted to support you obviously thank you so thank, thank you very wow. much yep bye-bye that's that's great news thank you it jane is great news yeah Nice. So I, I, I know there has to be a story uh, behind the title, behind the title, Riding Elephants. Yes. So um, the, the concept came from a book called The Righteous Mind mm. by a, a psychologist named Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T, which came out in 2012. And his basic idea, it's, I'm, I'm simplifying a little bit, is that elephants are feelings and and, and and so you know, elephants are feelings, and then we learn to ride those elephants via our thoughts and actions. And the goal, of course, is to be good elephant riders and get better at ele- being better elephant riders, which essentially means um, using your feelings to good effect. You know, controlling nice. your, using them using them to get good things done or to convey a message or whatever it is you you want to do. Uh, but that takes some skill and some practice. So that that's that's where the title comes from, and the, and so the the book really uses that theme throughout. There, you know, there you'll see in the essays all about, you know, for example, when I am uh, frustrated by something, I'll say my elephant, you know, uh, uh, smirked or got irritated or something, you know. So you get the idea of how it plays itself out, and and then there are examples when, of course, elephants are good things. Elephants are pack animals; they're really interesting creatures, you know. Yeah, they are. Um, and and, and um, the only time they're dangerous is when they stampede. And of course, we don't want elephants stampeding. That's not a good idea. That's not the way you want to uh, keep things in order. So the, the whole idea is how do you uh, marshal those feelings to good effect? And that's especially, of course, important in this whole creating common ground thing. I think we can, we, I've always been fascinated by elephants. I think there's a lot that we can learn. They raise each other's children. Yeah. They mourn their dead. They are known to return to burial grounds to mourn, to mourn their dead, I, I think. You know, we don't pay attention to the animal species of this planet, and we're so cavalier about what we do and how we affect. But, um, you know, they have feelings. They have families. They have incredible lives if you take the time to study them. And, and no, understand. no, they, they, are, they are generally fascinating creatures, and I, I write about that a little bit in, in, the first, in the first section. But, you know, this is not a book about elephants as a species, but I really like the image. And actually, um, it was funny because I was trying to figure out what the title of the book and um, I made a I made a presentation on a podcast about this whole riding elephants thing, and I got like three or four people saying, "Hey, this riding elephants thing is really interesting." And people started using it in their in, in having conversations and in thinking about it and to talking to other people. If 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 if, pe- if people are that it's, if that's such an arresting image, I'm also use it in the title. So so that's that's what happened. I see that Jane has another comment for us. And what I yes, want you, I want you to know is that elephants are really fabulous. I have only ridden one, and it was not 
um, in a prescribed setting so much, but it was the story in a nutshell is that I was horribly frightened about bats. And we rented a house when we first moved to Minnesota years and years ago that had bats who thought it was a better residence for them than us. We kept trying to tell the landlady to deal with it, and she didn't. Finally, we took it on. And so among us all, at least one of the bats got bopped with a broom. And I said, okay, I got to do something about this. My fear of them is as big as a house or as big as an elephant. Somebody put that thing in a plastic bag so I can handle it and take it apart if I want or whatever, but I don't want to touch it. Ever since then, I have used that very metaphor and that very picture of an elephant for feelings. And so I'm very excited about your book, Peter. Well, thank you again, Jane. Yes. And now uh, I am going to shut my mouth. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll see thank how you. long thank it you. lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, I was wondering if you could maybe pick out two of the pieces, two of your favorite pieces in the book and, and tell us a little bit about, uh, about them and, and what we can look forward to as a whole in the book. So what, what I'm going to do, and I hope this is okay, Anthony, is I'm going to, the, the way the book starts is with a prologue. And the prologue sure. lays down certain concepts that come through the, uh, the rest of the book, you know, in various guises. So I'm going to talk about a couple of those concepts. And I think that will uh, uh, help people sort of understand sort of the, the framework of where the book's coming from. So the, so the first idea, and it's a really important concept, is that feelings not thoughts drive action. Feelings, not thoughts drive action. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I like pizza. That's a thought, right? I like pizza. I think pizza is good. Um, but if I'm feeling hungry, which is a feeling, or if I'm feeling full, another feeling, I might, I might do different actions. Or if I'm feeling excited, or if I'm feeling... I'm feeling any, you know, it, it, it really does have an impact on this feeling about or this thought about liking pizza. So it's really the feelings that, that drive the action. And that's, that's a really uh, a major theme of the book. Another um, uh, a concept of the book has the, is with the idea of the feelings channel and the thoughts channel. So there are two channels going on whenever we're having a conversation. And sometimes when, when things go haywire, uh, you know, when, but when, and when people of goodwill are having weird conversations and they're not listening and things are going not the way they're supposed to, what often happens is that one person is talking on the thought channel and one person's talking on the feelings channel. And if you're not aware of it, weird things can happen really fast. And this is really important when what often happens, for example, in, in a think about a significant relationship, uh, you know, where you're trying to deal with some kind of hassle. And one person is talking thought language and one person is talking feelings language. And for some reason, you're not communicating effectively. Well, that often is the reason why. And um, so that's, that's another important concept. And the third concept I'm going to talk about has to do with the concept of trash talk versus mm. trust talk. And mm. trash talk is the, uh, we all know what trash talk is, right? And the way I sort of define it is making them look bad so we can feel better about ourselves. 
Right. Yeah. So you were talking about sports. That's where it comes up a lot. You know, uh, you know, and we, you know, we trash talk the other team. And so are we, you know, people, tra- the athletes trash talk each other during a game to try to get under their skin. And that's a whole complicated level set of issues that come up. And that's trash talk. And then you have trust talk where uh, we lower our barriers a bit so they can share some of your ideas with us and your thoughts and feelings. And we can do the same thing. And so it's, 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 to, it's to engender trust. And um, this concept of trash talk versus trust talk is really, is really an important, con- I think is a really important concept um, because, uh, you know, sometimes we, sometimes we don't know wh- which talk we're doing and sometimes it's hard to tell, but I think we would all agree that regardless of what say media channel we listen to, 98% of what you hear is trash talk, right? It's trash talk. Well, no wonder people aren't communicating effectively. Even if they want to, they can't because because all you're doing is trashing the people who you do you disagree with, and that that's a common thing that goes on in. I don't care, you know, whether it's MSNBC or Fox News or pick your pick your pick your cable channel. Uh, it, it's it's all over the place. So those are three of the concepts that come up in the book. There are also some. Um, and the first thing I, I give some sort of general things about how to make it more likely that you can fi- create that common ground. It's not finding that common ground. It's creating that common ground. The two are different. I talk about that in the book as well a bit, too. Um, so I talk about, um, you know, listening more than talking. And I talk about the idea of a uh, trying to use the word and instead of or whenever you can, because and implies you're building on something and or implies your uh, may not be. Um, and then the other one other concept, and then I'll, uh, it has to do with the idea of a, of a continuum, right? So you have a continuum of whatever the issue is. And what often happens is that we, we think that people who don't agree with us are at the far, 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 far end of the continuum. And they think that we're at the far, 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 far other end of the continuum. And that's a large part, in part, having to do with what the way media is treating issues these days. And so part of the challenge and the way to create that common ground is to figure out, well, you learn if you can figure out, well, no, we're not that far apart. We may be you know, closer together than we think we are. But that requires some conversation and some practice and a few other things to, to take place. So those are the, the sort of the, the key concepts of the book that filter through other uh, the other essays of the book in various ways. Nice. You know, um, the rise of community calls during the pandemic has been absolutely epic. I myself host um, Turn the Page, which is mystery and romance reading. Um, have you considered doing a book reading group for Writing the Elephant? I have thought about it. The problem is um, twofold. One, I, um, I don't, I'm not sure I have the time to do it. And the other issue is it's going to be hard for people to get the, harder for people to get the book. You know, it's not, it's not going to be on Bard. I mean, for, for people who are tech savvy, they'll be able to get it. And that's, and that's awesome. And I'm really happy for that. I'm just worried that, you know, if we do it, people aren't going to have the uh, opportunity to read the book before talking about it. And I'm not quite sure how to, how to address that issue yet. Refresh my memory. Did you say you submitted it to Bookshare or it's already up on Bookshare? No, I, I, I am in the process of, trying to, of, of, of submitting it to Bookshare. And uh, so I've started the process. I'm not sure how, how long it's going to take. But when it does go on Bookshare, I will certainly let you all know. Awesome. Come back to Sunday edition and we will definitely remind everyone. All right. Well, let me see real quick. Are there any hands? All right. So refresh um, refresh everybody's memory, the three titles, where they can find the first two titles, where they can find um, elephants, and uh, how they can reach you if they have any questions. 
Sure. So the easiest way to buy any of these books uh, or uh, is to go to my new webpage, which is www.d as in David, L as in Leonor, D as in Doofus, book.com <laughs> slash Peter Altschul. So it's www.dldbooks.com slash Peter, which we can all spell. Unfortunately, Altschul is more complicated. A-L-T as in Tom, S as in Sam, C-H-U-L. Uh, Alt Schul. And if you want to get a hold of me, uh, that may be the easier approach. You can reach me through my email address, which is creating common ground at outlook.com. And if you, if you contact me, I will, you know, uh, try to address your concerns and send you to the, to the website. The first two books, again, are available on Bard and on Bookshare. And then I'm hoping to get the third book on Bookshare sometime soon. All right, so let's segue again. Um, you mentioned earlier when we were going through some of the programs for national and, and things that uh, Friends in Art is partnering with NextGen, uh, and you guys are also partnering with uh, a special interest affiliate that holds a big place in my heart, of course, BPI. Of course. I will remind folks, um, Jason Castingway, who's in the behind the scenes right now, will be um, co-hosting with Gabriel Lopez Cafati, A Night of Great Opera Arias. And then he'll be co-hosting with yours truly, A Night of uh, Protest Music. And uh, we're going to gear that, we're going to gear that towards, um, you know, a lot of the 60s and some of the civil rights stuff. And of course, our own community. But we've got some time to put that program together. What's it been like working with NextGen? And um, do you feel the fire? Do you feel the energy? I am so thrilled to work with NextGen. I mean, they, they are where the energy is. Uh, I, I, not where, they, where all the energy is, but there's a certain uh, fresh energy that's coming from there. Uh, I'm working with their program chair, and she's just fabulous. And uh, she is helping us with promoting uh, things. Uh, I'm encouraging them and, of course, everybody to submit stuff for the showcase because uh, I know, uh, you know, Blind Pride and uh, Next Gen and uh, Multicultural co- uh, uh, Committee and other groups uh, who we usually don't hear from. We really do want to hear from them. And, and um, Melanie, uh, who's the program chair, is just so excited to work with us. And we're, we couldn't be happier. You know, they're, they're just terrific. And I really hope that, um, that the ACB as a whole really takes what they're saying seriously because they are, they are the future. I think I think a common thought, you know, across ACB of late is, you know, where is the organization going to be in 10 years? Right. You know, the quote unquote old guard, they're powerful, they're strong, they've lived incredible lives. They've made this organization, you know, the go to organization in the blind, blind and low vision community. But where will we be in 10 years if we don't start, you know, passing the torch, so to speak? Um, do you feel, do you feel the fire from next gen? Do we, do we have, you know, talent to pass the torch to? Well, all the folks who I've dealt with are incredibly professional, committed people. You know, I've worked with two or three of them. Uh, um, and all of them are, are, you know, really want to, they, they want to do good things. Uh, some of them could use some mentoring from, from the, from older folks to, to help serve, uh, to sharpen their skills and, so they can learn to ride their elephants more effectively, perhaps, for example. <laughs> um, um, you know, but, but, uh, but I, uh, everybody who I've spoken with have, have been incredibly excited about, and I, I really made an effort this year to try to 
connect with as many different affiliates as possible, uh, uh, committees and things, and, and putting together our programs. And I'm really thrilled about how much of that has happened, that, you know, the, the partnerships. And I'm really hoping that that, that stuff can be built on in, f- in future, you know, in, in future times. But I really do think it's it's going to be it's going to be sooner rather than later that we're going to have to figure out, um, you know, how, how to incorporate uh, the younger folks into the system. Otherwise, we're, we're just going to fade into, you know, into some, you know, shadow of ourselves. And I, I, I don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. What are you looking forward to? You know, obviously, the friends in art and employment stuff. But what are you looking forward to besides those things this year for National Convention? Well, usually, uh, I haven't looked in great detail about the program. I'm sure I know there are some events with you that I will check out. Um, not the wine tasting. I'm, I'm a beer guy. I'm not a wine guy. But the, but there but there. I know. The, I think you have a session on therapy of uh, finding a therapist. If my memory is correct, that sounded interesting. We do. And yeah. I think there there are a couple of vi- vi- that videos that sounded really interesting uh, that I might check out. The lawyers usually have um, a, some interesting stuff. Uh, if you're into, the, I'm not really a lawyer. But some of their presentations are really good. They every year they do a, a Supreme review, Court round Supreme up. Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is Love always that. really, really good. Um, and beyond that, uh, and the teachers who we're also working with. Um, I'm I'm not a I don't teach kids, but I do teach. I I'm an adult educator. Uh, that's a good chunk of what I've done in my, throughout my life. And they often have really interesting things to do. And uh, unfortunately, I'm going to be swapped with what I'm already doing. So I'm not sure how much time I'm going to have to you know, to, to explore other things. I'm, you know, I'm, I've already committed to facilitating too many sessions. Uh, and so I need to, you know, to <laughs> figure all that out. I will, but it just means I don't have a lot of time to, to do other stuff. Well, Peter, thank you so much for coming on Sunday edition again and for partnering with BPI and next gen and all of the great stuff that's going on. Uh, do you have any final comments that you want to make? Thank you for the opportunity. I hope people will get in touch with me and check out my books. And uh, And I would just encourage us, we talked last week about um, uh, Mark Mark Reichert. We were talking about uh, mental illness, and, and that was yeah. a moving conversation. And it really is true. I mean, what, 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 I, what I kept thinking about through that presentation was the whole idea of feelings, not thoughts, driving action. And it's so true for Mark, and it's true for all of us. And there's a lot to be uh, to be uh, to be thought, you know, a lot a lot to think about and feel through that whole process. Absolutely, actually, thank you for highlighting that. Um, I wanted to close the show with reminding everybody that if they didn't get a chance to hear last week's Sunday edition, uh, it was a candid conversation with Mark Reichert um, about some times that he's had to go through and where he is now and his recommitment to ACB. And then we opened up the conversation to mental health in general. And uh, as listeners know. I am in the process of a series, Losing Sight Midlife, and we will be shifting focus to learning to live with losing sight uh, in the coming month and and the months ahead. So look forward to that on Sunday edition. Um, I want to thank Jason Castingway, who stepped in at the last minute to help me out with today's show. Jason, you are Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I really can't wait to host that night of protest music with you. What do you have coming up with Artfelt? 
Well, uh, I've just been enjoying doing the live stream of consciousness thing, and it's going to keep going. And it just, you'd never know where it's going to lead. <laughs> so it's a surprise every Tuesday. <laughs> and you also have a special contribution to another one of um, BPI's programming. Uh, Peter mentioned finding a therapist. That's and, right. Uh, <laughs> so we're looking forward to that as well. All right. This has been a great Sunday edition. I want to thank my friends from Take Two Radio. That is Take with the number two radio, all one word, dot com. We're on Facebook and all over the place. If you are interested in soaps, if you are a soap lover, or if you're just kind of curious as to what a wild and wacky soap opera show might be like, please go check out some of our episodes. Peter, I wish you all all the success with this book and all the success with the programming that you're putting on. And uh, Sunday edition will be back in two weeks. Next week is the Florida Council of the Blind uh, Convention. So I will be rerunning the Mike Mark Reichert show next Sunday. If you did not get a chance to listen to it, it is so well worth listening. It'll be rerun next week. And I'll be back in two weeks with a fresh show. Have a great Sunday, everyone. Thanks again, Jason. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email celebration AC. That's the word celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you and let's brunch again next Sunday.